You are listening to the Bullet List Podcast, and I have to say, I cannot believe that my father-in-law introduced me to these two idiots. Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of the Bullet List Podcast. Lucky 21. Oh, yeah. So it's a little blackjack there. Go, go to the casino now. <laughs> You're going to get people worried that we're going to be changing topics. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so what do you, um, yeah, so virtual event platforms, difficult to choose um, due to the lack of information on the virtual event and hybrid platforms. And lack of to be a, on their websites. Uh, actually, the main website. Um, not, not the platform itself, usually they're pretty good, but the main platform, the main website that gives you the information, they're horrible most of the time. They lack all sorts of stuff. Anyway, so we need to do, a, make it, um, we have a, a guest this week and they are going to guide us through making, how to make a choice, how to choose which platform to go for. What are the things you should be taking into consideration? Yeah, and it, you know it's it's Marian is going to be our guest, and he's with Event Mender, um, and they have actually taken the pain and suffering out of selecting a virtual uh, or a hybrid event platform, um, and it's something that many many have tried and many many have failed. Oh yeah, and we have been privileged to have a sneak peek, and what we've seen, we like. Oh, it was super uh, amazingly easy to use. Um, it is something that is going to force, I hope, um, the platforms to be a little bit more transparent on things like pricing and services and support and things like that. Um, because they really have done something that, that's amazing and that although a lot of people have tried it, they just haven't been able to do. True enough. So we're going to have a chat with Marion of uh, Event Mender, and we're a little bit jealous because he's talking to us from Bali. You're listening to the Bullet List Podcast. And Bob, we're back with our awesome guest, uh, Marine, uh with Event Mender, who is Bob. Tell him where. Tell everybody where he is. Well. This person is in probably one of the nicest places where if you it's Bali and I want to be there and it's not fair. <laughs> Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much, Keith. It's a pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah, although we're gonna have to rib you throughout the episode about being in Bali because you know, again, I was I'm in Chicago and two weeks ago it snowed and then today it's going to be uh like ninety degrees Fahrenheit. Uh and then Bob, you're in the UK, which the weather is always horrible. Yeah, actually I was about to say, if anybody asks what's the weather like in the UK, obviously you've never been or never seen the telly. Uh, yeah, it's always the same. <laughs> yeah. It's always it's all it's always gray and nasty. Um but weather is not why we're here. We are here to talk about virtual and hybrid event platforms, um, which is especially hybrid right now. 
is a big thing. Um, and Marine has actually, Event Mender has, we'll get into this in a little bit, but they actually have a tool um, that we'll be launching that is going to make everyone's life easier when it comes to picking that platform. But until they roll out, um, I think today we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the ways that you can choose um, a the best virtual or hybrid event platform for your needs. Absolutely. Right. Well, let's have a yeah, okay. I'm not entirely with it. Thank you, Keith, for waving your arms about, which nobody yes, else. Yes, people can't see me pointing at the screen going, okay, Bob, that's you. So well. Okay, so um, yeah, deciding on a virtual event platform that suits your needs. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Um, so what are the basics? What should what is the very basic things we should be looking at when it comes to choosing a platform? Well, it is a kind of a hassle to find that right platform. I think we've all been there, and if you break it down to really the the basic, like the starting point, it's mainly what are the amount of attendees that you are expecting for your event? Um, and what will be the duration of your event? Um, those two numbers are kind of the basic of every event. We all have an idea. It will obviously develop along the way as the planning goes, um, but you have an estimation and that's where you can already start narrowing down the platforms because not every platform has the same capacity or the same possibilities if you want to have an event for a longer period of time. Some platforms have a limitation there and the same goes for the amount of attendees that you are expecting. Well, and I, I, I that's actually a really good point. And, and, and just so everyone knows, Marine actually came up with, um, you know, a really great bullet list for the end of this on how to choose that virtual event platform. And it's really good to see it in writing. You know, when COVID started, you know, we were talking about this in, in you know, when we were getting ready for this episode, you know, I came up with a list of, I think it was 138 platforms that I had in a Google spreadsheet, uh, right. That, that, you know, and I got information from everywhere and, and when you boil it down, you're absolutely right. The basics are how many attendees and the duration, right? Cause right off the bat, if you have a conference, that's going to be three and a half days or two and a half days, you know, a tool like, um, Remo may not be the best fit for that, whereas a tool like Hublo would be, you know, or Airmeet, um, you know, and, and vice versa, right? If you're doing a single session, and this is actually something we did run into with a client, you know, they wanted to do single a single session in a big platform like a Hublo. And it's like, why, right? It's, it's two hours long. You don't need that gigantic platform for just that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so here's one of the things that the, the next one is, what do people need to look for when it comes to the experience, right? And, you know, if you can elaborate a little bit on that, because I think that is actually a huge thing um, that a lot of planners and a lot of organizations don't take into account when they're choosing their platform. Absolutely. And actually, it's one of the more important uh, parts on this list. Uh, for me at least and the experience in general is quite a broad topic because there's a lot that you can kind of put under it um, but for me the most basic that you can definitely distinguish platforms are is kind of the way how they present uh, the platform so for us it's kind of 
between 2D and fully immersive 3D. You have a little bit in between where you kind of have a 3D look-like background, but you cannot really walk around. You don't have an avatar. Um, and in that sense, that already gives you a very good basis to also decide on which platform is the best for you because a 2D experience, like for instance, how LinkedIn works is completely different than when you're fully immersed. And it also depends on what your audience will look like, obviously, but also what you are trying to achieve with your event goals. Do you want to have something completely off the charts that, you know, like blows your imagination? Or do you want something that is very easy for people to navigate? Not too crazy, but at least it has all the features. In between that, there are already quite a lot of variations that you can make between the different platforms that are out there. So for us, it's narrowing it down in terms of how the platform looks like, what kind of visualization they have, um, if, we, if we look at the experience part. And, and I, you know, that, that is actually a really important thing to, because we actually, you know, there was someone that I knew that was, was doing an event um, and they went for that big immersive 3D experience and their, their audience wasn't that audience, right? These are people who could barely log into Facebook um, and still write checks right? That's not the right audience to go into an immersive 3D platform. Absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, so um, as most event planners will know, no, no two events are the same. And that also face-to-face, you know, -face, but also applies to virtual. I mean, no virtual events ever could have been the same. So finding uh, a platform that suits your needs is going to be well, as we know, it's difficult. So you get the options of either an off-the-shelf solution and bear with it and just deal with it, or you go through the process of getting it customized. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, for me, I would always recommend someone to customize it because you want to stand out, especially like I saw this post on LinkedIn where someone said like, yeah, there are about almost 10,000 different marketing agencies and all of them do different events. And that's just in the marketing sector. Like you have so many industries, everyone is hosting events. If you want to stand out, yeah, of course you can go with an off the shelf. It will save you a lot of time thinking about the design aspect and you can just go with it. So if you are for speed, go for off the shelf. But if you want to stand out and make sure that people actually remember you, you can have the same tool and use it in different events completely change the way it looks. It feels like which features are available. And that also obviously depends on the capacity of the platform, if they even allowed for that. Like you have platforms that you can literally change everything, like every small detail, how it looks like, what features you want to include, and some just the branding, which already gives quite a big difference in terms of how people experience the platform, because it has the those familiar colors or maybe a color that is with a specific goal in mind, you know, uh, like for instance, you want to make them happy, use for instance, a, a yellow color, you want to have positive vibes, you do a, a green color, like the kind of uh, psychology, psychology behind colors, you can play with that. But also you can give your sponsors a very exclusive way of presenting themselves on your event by completely branding your environment in their brand colors, which gives them a huge value, not just their logo somewhere, but literally the whole platform um, in their look and feel. 
and that can really make you stand out not just for your attendees but also for your sponsors so i would take it also that you um you customization is like well we can change this we can change that but you could also actually leave things out either Absolutely. because the the that feature or modules not required but also poss possibly as a way of reducing the cost of the platform absolutely uh, actually a lot of platforms have kind of plans based upon the amount of features you want to use or specific features features you want to use that you can only have in a certain package um, and there also it really depends on what your goal is you don't always need all the features of a platform just because then you can show all show off all the features because your attendees probably won't even get to use all of them because it's way too overwhelming. I like to see it as kind of a recipe where you have to have the right in ingredients, but also <clears throat> the right ratio of those ingredients. You don't have to completely overwhelm people. Just make sure your platform has the features that cater to your goals and put them in the right ratio in terms of how you mix and match with that. Yeah, I've always found it you know it's really funny to watch certain organizations when they do try and throw um the kitchen sink like everything into a platform and then their attendees get into the platform and and it all goes unused right and and you know i think when you're choosing that hybrid or virtual platform um you know you have to you know balance the customization against speed right because a lot of organizations you know a, a, a good case in point was a few weeks ago we actually had a live in-person event at the, at the last moment and the, by the last moment i mean the last week we decided to add hybrid right so what do you do right and so you know luckily you know we have a great list of of platforms that we use so we were able to say okay if we're going hybrid and we got to do it fast and you want branding use this one right but people really do need to put a, put a little bit of thought into you know how much time they have before their event is um how much money they want to spend when it comes to customization um you know because there are plenty of platforms that can do a lot of customization you know, off the shelf, if you will, you know, but some, it, it can take weeks and months for them to actually get the platform set up and ready to go so that it looks the way that you want it to look. Um, and, and I think that leads us right into the next portion is um, support, right? If you're going to, you know, you know, Give us kind of your thoughts on, on platforms and support, because if you're going to be doing a fully customized hybrid or virtual platform, support is going to be really important. Absolutely. If not one of the most important parts of this whole puzzle. Um, and luckily, a lot more platforms these days give you 24-7 support, like all day, all year, all the time, no matter what. Um, and I know from my own experience that Sometimes you're in the middle of the night trying to do something last minute just before the event to change something because you got feedback or you had an idea. And if you don't know the answer and there's no one available, um, it is a, a tough one to come through. So support is a very important thing. And luckily also uh, a lot of the platform, platforms out there work with partners that can actually help them if they don't have it in-house. Um, they work with that, uh, yeah, dedicated partners that like yourself know the platform in and out um, and that can help someone who's struggling with implementing the event in a way that 
actually suits their event goals. Um, yeah, to do that a lot faster instead of uh, breaking their head, trying to figure out how to work uh, through the platform, um, especially if you go a little bit more in depth where you go for custom CSS. Um, yeah, then some extra hands can be very, very helpful, especially if you lack the kind of internet knowledge that you need for that uh, to develop it. Yeah, a, pr a pr prime example of support is about, we're, I think we're going on over a year now, we had a client event and we were, and I'll toot their horn and I have nothing to do with them by the way, but AirMeet, we ran into, we were four hours from Go and there was an issue that was actually not AirMeet's fault, right? It, it was just the way it, it was set up and their support got on the phone with us, which support on the phone usually never happens. And they actually got someone here in the US because their texts were, were um, not located in the United States. English is not their first language, which is totally fine. But for speed of communication, they actually found us someone in the US who I could talk to and then could talk to their tech team. And they literally got this massive thing fixed so fast. It, it's they were like no promises we may not be able to make it and I'm like please 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 they, you know they they set us up that we may not be able to do this and in the end they did it and and I have been a customer since then right and I'm not going you know it it, it was just amazing experience absolutely it it makes a world of a difference um, especially in those last last minute moments where it really depends can make or break your event if they are able to reach out a hand and actually make the problems disappear that is the most added value they can give you at that point do you feel that um i mean that air meet story is a prime example of somebody getting it right it wasn't really their problem but they wanted to make sure that the client was sorted out and the customer sorted out so that's brilliant but do you find that event um virtual event platforms are they doing enough support? Is there because I don't see it discussed. I don't see anybody talking about how the support mechanism for these platforms actually works. It really depends on the platform. I've seen anything from literally no mention of support anywhere at all. <laughs> it was like uh, maybe if you're lucky, there's like a how do you say like a frequently asked question page where you kind of have to scroll through all the different questions that have been asked in order to hopefully find your answer, which I can guarantee you it's not in there because there's just that specific uh, moment where you have this specific problem that no one ever asked uh, about before. Um, but you luckily have more and more platforms that really focus on doing as much support as possible. They have um, some platforms that we work with actually have uh, localized support partners in all the countries that they support so you can even talk with someone in your own language um, which a lot of event organizers really appreciate um, and yeah it also helps in terms of the time and the availability uh, because most likely when you're awake they're awake um, so yeah it really runs the gamut it goes from almost nothing to sometimes an email support which I'm not a big fan of because then it can take up until 24, maybe 48 hours before you have a reply. And if you have the, that kind of issue of four hours before your event, then it's going to be too late before they reply. Um, 
but yeah, I see a lot more also people that offer real person support, <clears throat> whether that is via chat-based uh, kind of way of doing it where you still get response within five minutes, which I really appreciate, or it's actually having someone on the phone. So yeah, it, it really runs again. It goes all places and that's something that, uh, yeah. I can see it becoming more and more important because as the usage of virtual meetings and events um, changes, it's going to be more than just what the features are offered and what price it is. It's because the because of the change in usage, there's going to be more options considered during the purchasing and during the you know time it takes to make the decision. So it's going to be interesting. I love Absolutely. organizations that, that use their own tool for support, right? Like, like for example, you know, Hublo, they've got the, they have, uh, you know, you can get a lounge in the, one of their events. Well, you can, for support, you actually go sit at a lounge table and you're on video with somebody and talking. Um, you know, I know that, you know, AirMeet, I don't know that they do it anymore, but I, I believe they used to do the same thing because they have lounge tables where you could go sit at a lounge table and actually talk to someone. And I, th I think that makes a, a huge difference. Um, but you're right; it does run the gamut, right? If you have, um, you know, now that now that um, I guess Attendify probably is a, the wrong example, only because um, they, they were really fast with their support. Um, but a lot of the budget platforms, um, you know, are you going to get support? Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's a big maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but again, you know, on the budget platforms, hopefully you're not trying to stretch the platform, you know, to the, to its very limits, right? If you go straight forward with them, you know, and you put in a link to a Zoom meeting or a Vimeo link or whatever, it'll work fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there are some support horror stories out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of budgets, that is the next um, thing to look at. Uh, one thing I've noticed on uh, most virtual event platforms, and I'm sure there's good reason for it, they give you on the website, they don't really give you that much information about how much it's going to cost you. Yeah, I know it's going to be because um, there are certain modules come at a price and certain features have to be added. And yes, when you get the same, when you get the same idea of costing. But they really are reticent to put any idea. So it must make it, for an event planner, it must make it really difficult to choose a product if you've got real no idea about how much it's going to cost you. Absolutely. And then the next thing is also like all of them at least have kind of request a quote. But then it's the question like, when will you get an answer to that question? Like if you need a platform in the next two weeks and it takes them a week to follow up with an actual quote of what it's going to cost. Yeah, good luck. Oh yeah, and, um, and, and even then you've probably got to go through a demo that's going to have to be what takes like two or three hours and then you have to schedule it in and then that person can't make it and then there's another, yeah, it's... Absolutely. I'll tell you the what, I actually had a client who had a massive budget it was a big budget right and and they were like oh let's look at this platform and i was like okay great no pricing on the website i know the client has the budget so i wrote to that platform and i'm like you know i'd like to set up a demo and talk about pricing you know i have a client who's very interested and the reply back was well we start at 30,000 30,000 US dollars and if your client can't can't cover that we're you know we're going to have to take a pass that's how they started the conversation and i was like didn't think I said it needed to be a budget. 
<laughs> right. And so literally I told the client that and we walked away. I mean, that no. platform literally left five figures sitting on the table just because when they wrote to me, they were kind of asses. So I won't, I won't say who it was. Well, but, it's a good thing not to call them out, but it's also good to just highlight that those things happen because yeah. like there's a lot. And I think it also has to do with kind of, uh, most of the platforms are backed by pretty aggressive VCs and they just want to see their return on investment as soon as possible, especially because they were promised the world. Um, and that kind of forces those platforms to, yeah, be asses, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. just the way it is. Um, and yeah, that, that, that makes it difficult. But in general, just the visibility, I, I see also quite a lot of conversations on LinkedIn about this. Like, it's a pain in the ass in general. Um, excuse my language. But yeah, for real, uh, it, it makes no sense to not be completely transparent. And um, I kind of understand that, you know, they have a pricing model that also runs the gamut because sometimes you have something very straightforward where you only pay for a certain amount for uh, attendees and if you go in a bigger amount of attendees the price per attendee lowers and that's it but i've seen pricing kind of yeah you, you cannot even imagine they charge for every single thing whether it's room rental amount of attendees number of days uh, amount of features uh, how many events you want to run at the same time or in the year if you want to do it virtual hybrid or in person and everything changes and then like even if they give you the calculator tool you're still like where do i even start with figuring out what price will be because there are so many different configurations it in general i think we should kind of force them to go to a certain standard for the industry one is being transparent but also just have a straightforward pricing like you don't have to make it so complicated that i don't even understand what the pricing is i've seen a lot of platforms a lot of different pricings i'm i'm definitely not like i'm pretty capable in making calculations but sometimes uh, it just is such a big pain and it, it's a shame because they will lose a lot of customers that they could have helped help because most likely they were the perfect platform for them but just because they make it so complicated or not transparent, they'll lose a lot of customers and event professionals won't get the right tool for their goals because they were just scared away. Well, so and I was, we had one where client A got a quote on their own. We went out for client B and got a quote. We're all in the same room. We compared the quotes and they were completely different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. What, because one client was a whale, right? They, you know, it was a big organization, all this. And their quote was literally three times higher for the exact same thing than the other wow. client. Wait, that's so, so that's a great segue. How are you going to make all of this easier? Well, um, eventually, because we are launching our MVP next week. Um, and that, I have to say it's a minimum, minimum valuable product with emphasis on minimum minimum because yeah it's just a little bit it turned out to be more complicated than we thought and we had to rush the process in order to still launch it in this first half year um, of 2022 um, but it does give us the possibility to showcase what our vision is and that is really to 
build a new or establish kind of a, a ground zero for everyone in the industry and make this whole process i've done it by hand many times so much easier save you so much time and headache in just gathering the internet and all the different listings that are out there uh, by helping you kind of walk through pretty much these bullet points that we just walked through um, and hopefully in the future go even a few levels deeper uh, based upon the feedback that we will get from our early beta testers we luckily have about 30 uh, real event professionals uh, that have said they dedicate their time to help us improve the platform so we're looking very much forward to kind of build this platform together with the industry and make sure that yeah we no longer have to have any headaches um, everything will be as transparent as possible we have a good relationship with all our partners um, so we make sure that all the information is always up to date you don't have to worry about oh do i get the right price and for this minimum minimum valuable product it will still be a little bit like difficult because we can give you a pricing range but not do the calculations itself in the platform that's a bit too complicated to develop that at the moment but it will be in the second version launching in september where you actually can directly see the price based upon those um, variables that we just spoke about so how many attendees do you have how long will your event be what kind of experience do you want to have what is the level of customization you need, the support you need? Um, and then based upon the budget, it will narrow down the options with an actual almost exact price of what it will be. We try to get as close to it as possible um, just to make the process so much easier because I've had two years of big headaches <laughs> trying to do it. I think Keith, you also have experienced this and it's time that we change it. And I think you mentioned uh, in the meeting we had before this podcast that a lot of people have been talking about it, but it has not been done and we're here to do it. So yeah, I, it I mean, this is a problem that has needed a solution. A lot of people have tried to come up with solutions that just haven't hit. They haven't missed the mark. You know, we were actually looking at, at event mentor the other day and we kind of just even uh, you know you you keep poo-pooing the and and you know the fact that this is going to be like the v1 right it's not what's coming out in september but even that is leaps and bounds ahead of where we're at you know like it was really great you know you just go in and you, you know you put in the data that you know about your event right the duration how many attendees you're going to have your budget you know those the, or you know those types of, of questions and then at the end you get a nice list of the platforms that fit those needs, which I, I think is really, you know, we're all doing it on spreadsheets and recommendations right now, right? You know, we all go to our friends and, you know, our and colleagues and we're, you know, hey, you, you got a platform that would handle this. And, you know, then you're getting a recommendation from someone who only uses this platform because it's the only one they know. Right. And they're like, oh, well, this platform can do it. Well, can it really? You know, until you dive in, you don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, th I think you're so, so, you know, d even in its current inc inclination, it is going to be, or current iteration, it's going to be better than anything that we've had bef come before it. And it, it is going to make planners' lives a whole lot 
easier. Um, but I actually have a thought, a question that that popped into my head um, after our meeting, and it was like, how are are you picking the platforms, or can the platforms reach out to you to be included in Event Matter? Um, at the moment, we like everyone who has a platform can reach out to us and just go to the website, click on "I would like to be part of this, uh, become a partner," um, and then we will have a talk with them. We, as I mentioned, we really have a relationship with all our partners. Um, not in an engagement way, but we really tend to get to know each other, um, experience the platform ourselves as well, attend events. We don't want to just list anyone who provides their data to us. Um, and yeah, we make a, a partnership agreement with them, which also obviously helps to support the platform uh, because we do have to get some sort of uh, revenue generated somewhere, otherwise we cannot sustain. So we have a deal with all our partners uh, at the moment. It's 10%. That is for all the partners the same. So no one is biased. Um, and we have an NDA so we can just discuss anything um, without having to worry that it uh, leaks out somewhere. Um, and with that, yeah, they can be a partner on our platform. Uh, we don't just want to scrape the internet as many other, uh, I don't want to call names, platforms do or our listings do. Um, we really build a relationship with them. So it will slowly grow till we have all the platforms that are out there. Um, but yeah, at the moment, we already have quite a, a good amount of very trustworthy and nice platforms that we uh, really enjoy working with. And you as an organizer can just go, it's all free. You, know, you go to the platform, you decide whatever uh, is best. You can obviously tweak those uh, variables. Um, and get a different recommendation based on that. And all you have to do is get in touch with them. And there are a few ways how you can do it, uh, but the platform will show that for you. Well, and I, I think that's a really important point, right? That, that, that ultimately you don't care what platform they pick. You want them to pick the platform that is best for their situation. And regardless of what platform they pick, um, you know, you end up, you know, you know, it's a great revenue model, right? It's like, it doesn't matter if it's platform A or platform B, if they pick either you, you know, you get a commission, if you will, on, on someone choosing that platform. So it's in the platform's interest to make their tool, you know, the best that it possibly, best it can be so that people select them. Um, Absolutely. You know, and and the one other thing was reviews, right? And 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 I won't say who you're you're looking to partner with to bring reviews in, um, you know, because I don't know if that's public knowledge. But it, you know, that was actually a really trustworthy source of, of reviews, and I think that you know, once something like that can be integrated in there, you know, a planner will be able to go, oh wow, this platform really fits the needs, and look at all these stellar reviews from actual meeting professionals. Um, and so they can have a little bit of confidence in the, in the selection that they're making. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. We're literally only here to help event organizers mainly because I've been there. I've been through the struggle. I know how time consuming and how much headache it can be. Uh, and yeah, it's something that we don't want for anyone. And in that sense also, you know, like I've seen quite a lot of 
instances where a platform is referred because they pay a little bit more than other platform, but doesn't mean it's the right platform for you. So we really try to not do that at all, solely base it on your specific wishes. Um, and that that's our goal. That's what we're going to be doing. Amazing. That's really cool. Before you go, just want to say, uh, oh, so Keith, what time is it for you there? Uh, it, it is um, just after 8 a.m. in the morning. Yes, it's after two o'clock for me. What time is it in Bali, by the way? <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't bash me that much. Uh, it's 10 past nine in the evening here. In Bali. What a, what a difficult work environment you have. Yeah, I, with, but I, it's one of the reasons I love our industry because it is truly global, right? We are, we literally span, right now we're spanning a globe of time zones. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing stuff. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. And we'll come back to you in a, um, when, well, version two rolls out. We'll come back and see what sort of reactions you've had if uh, and anything else new that you've been learning along the way. That'd be really cool. Would love to do that. And um, yeah, feel also free to get on the journey. Um, try to do a little plug here. Eventmender.com, just click on the uh, get in touch or call to action to get registered as a beta tester and we can form this platform together. Yeah, and, and, and there's no need to be coy about it. All planners out there, you should go to eventmender.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bullet List Show. You can find more episodes on our blog at bullet-list.com or on your favorite podcast platform. The blog has an RSS feed so you can keep up with the latest news. There's also a podcast RSS feed if that's what you prefer. Both feed girls can be found on the blog. Finally, we have a Facebook group where we welcome your feedback, ideas for topics and suggestions for guests. Please come and join us. We're looking forward to seeing you there.